Hello, everyone. I'm Paul Menzel. And I'm Jim Conlon. And this is New Tricks for Old Dogs. Our podcast features the many ways us older men and women howl at the moon, odd news items you don't normally hear about, and conversations with other old dogs who are growing bolder, not older. So if you've got 25 minutes or so, grab a cup of coffee, pull up a chair, and join us. In this episode, the old dogs reminisce about the good old three-ring circus. We celebrate a postal worker on the job since 1952. We bring you another ads and fads. We invite you to retire to your very own Scottish island. We familiarize you with familiar scenes from the movies. And we wonder about a modern circus that has no lions. The Old Dog's conversation is with Alan Roth, a Hollywood audio engineer for over four decades who hosted some of the funniest and most famous actors we've ever known. Stay with us. Well, Paul, it's time to ask you what's on your mind again. What's on my mind, Jim, is three ring circuses. Oh, yeah. You know, we have Pod Nugget in the current episode about how uh, Ringling Brothers is changing their format. And that started me thinking from my childhood days, growing up in Hibbing, Minnesota, every year when the Shrine Circus came through town, mm-hmm. they would give free tickets yeah. to all of the kids. Right. So every year until I graduated from high school, I had free tickets to the circus. How about you? Well, yes, we did also have the circus once a year. Uh, originally, I, it was not the Shrine. It was Ringling Brothers, which is the subject of our pod nugget. And then, yes, eventually it was the Shrine Circus. And, of course, I remember the big opening parade, you know, with the beautiful ladies coming in on the backs of elephants and the clowns juggling and uh, acrobats doing backflips and stuff like that. It was uh, I, I loved the, the way they started the show. Right, and the way they paced that circus Mm -hmm. was to have three rings. Yeah. You remember, there was always something going on and a ton of animal acts. There were always the the elephant act, train bear acts, Mm -hmm. lions. Lion tamers. uh, And it never even occurred to us as kids that there may have been some cruelty involved in it. It was just very magical. Yeah. And also, you know, our, our probably our entertainment tastes were not that sophisticated, and three ring circuses was uh, was pretty awesome. Man, what do I watch? What's going on here? What yeah. are they setting up? You yeah. know, it was very uh, very exciting. Sure, and the fact that it was live, it was really happening. I think even back then, we could tell the difference between what we were seeing in a movie, let's say, or a TV show, and what was actually going on live. Uh, right. You know, the, right. we could see there was some artifice about a tv show but man whatever happened in that three rings <laughs> you That's were right. you know you had your you were biting your nails wondering if something awful would happen that that uh tightrope artist started walking across that rope about 90 feet in the air right, right. and you know i couldn't do this well that's something yeah. and of course the taste of the circus was cotton candy yep right yep cotton i was had to have some cotton candy Okay, so now, what do you think would be the act that you would most want to do if you were to join the circus, Paul? Uh, I guess uh, the trapeze artist. I always thought I would be the catcher. Hmm. You know, this good, solid guy that that keeps the girl from uh, dying a horrible death. Mm -hmm. And you? Well, I I was kind of hoping to be the monkey. (laughs) Jim, you are. The monkey. What do you, you have achieved that after all these years. Thank you. I was hoping you would say that. 
Oklahoman Johnny Bell has been taking daily neighborhood walks for 70 years and getting paid for it. This pod nugget is from Yahoo Entertainment for August 10th, 2022. Now, if you're wondering who is paying Johnny to walk neighborhoods, it's the U.S. Postal Service. Johnny Bell is the longest-serving postal worker in the nation. He has been delivering mail since 1952, and in all that time, he has only been bitten twice on the job. Now, to put this in context, 70 years ago, Truman was still president, Ding Dong School was cutting-edge children's programming, gas was 20 cents a gallon, stamps cost 3 cents, and a postal worker earned $1.81 an hour. Though he is now a great-grandfather, Johnny Bell has no plans to retire. He likes checking in with customers and sharing a laugh. In his words, this is just something I do because I enjoy doing it. Here's an old dog salute to a 93-year-old postman. That a way to howl at the moon, Johnny. For our next ads and fads installment, we reach back to the golden age of Warner Brothers cowboy shows in the late 50s. Their westerns included Bronco, Cheyenne, Sugarfoot, Colt 45, Lawman, and of course, Maverick, which is the focus of this ads and fads. Maverick was really a comedy western that featured three brothers and a cousin, all named Maverick. The characters were well-dressed gamblers who traveled from town to town looking for poker games. They were especially adept at talking their way out of trouble. Occasionally, two characters would appear in the same episode, but generally the lead actors would take turns starring. So, our ads and fads challenge is, name the four Mavericks in the show, and the four actors who play the parts. Good luck. We'll be back later with the answers. Have you ever daydreamed about retiring to your own island? Oh, yeah. Oh, you can own a private Scottish island for less than $450,000. This pod nugget is from the newsletter The Insider. The island is called Plata and it lies off the west coast of Scotland. It's a modest-sized island of 28 acres. The grounds include a lighthouse, a five-bedroom home, several outbuildings, and a 2.5-acre walled garden. It was originally the accommodations for a lighthouse keeper, but since 1990, the lighthouse has been fully automated and remotely monitored from Edinburgh. So the owner of the island has no responsibility for keeping the light on. This is not a home for someone needing an active social life. The island can only be reached by boat or helicopter. Your only neighbors are migratory birds and any family or animals you choose to bring to the island. But if you're comfortable raising your own food and making repairs, it could be your dream home. Ah, but when you get tired of the isolation, a kilometer away is a much larger island called Arran, which offers hotels, shops, a post office, cultural festivals, and tasty local produce, particularly cheeses and chocolates. Oh, and a single malt whiskey distillery. Perfect. That covers most of the essential food groups. Yeah, we should be cautioning you, though, that some repair and updating is needed on the buildings. But for the price of an average townhome, you could own this island and its lush scenery. If you're not handy, hire a handyman and you could spend your retirement years fishing and feeding the birds. You know, we all have our favorite cliches from the movies. Here's some of the best. Our source is the Quora website. 
During all police investigations, it's necessary、mm-hmm. to visit a strip club at least once. Oh yeah, if being chased through a downtown, you can always hide in a passing parade. They're forming twenty-four hours a day. The ventilation system in any building is the best way to travel <laughs> to any other part of the building. You're likely to survive any battle unless you make the mistake of showing a picture of your sweetheart back home. If you want to pass as a German officer, you don't need to speak the language. Even a bad German accent will do. A single match can light up a room the size of an airplane hangar. What the heck was that? Bad German accent. Oh, okay. A detective can only solve a case when he has been suspended <laughs> from duty. All bombs are fitted with timing devices with large readouts, so you know how much time you have to drag out a scene. A man will show no pain as he's being beaten, but he will wince when a woman tries to clean his wounds. You can always find a parking spot outside the building you are visiting. And finally, if you decide to start dancing in the streets, everyone you bump into will already know the steps. You know, Paul, these are just so true, aren't they? They are. Yeah. Nothing is more true than a cliche. Folks our age have fond memories of the traveling circus, especially Ringling Brothers and Barnum and Bailey Circus, the greatest show on earth. After a layoff of a few years, the show is back. Ah,、uh, but it's different. This piece is from the New York Times for May eighteenth, twenty twenty-two. Five years ago, Ringling said it closed down its circus for good. The organization was facing shrinking sales and a public outcry about the abuse of their trained animals. This would have ended an amazing 146-year run as classic family entertainment. Ah,、uh, but wait! In May, the company announced that it would return in fall of 2023 with a tour of more than 50 cities. Ah,、uh, but with a big change. No animals.、Hmm? Instead of the familiar three-ring circus, the new and improved show will feature narrative storylines and human acrobatic feats. Narrative storylines, no animals, acrobatic feats—that sounds suspiciously like the format of the Cirque du Soleil, that fabulously successful Canadian company which is the largest circus producer in the world. In fact, Ringling has hired a veteran of the Cirque du Soleil as its director of casting and performance. You know, it's too early to tell if this reworking of a traditional circus will be successful. But the new and improved circus is well funded. Ringling is part of Feld Entertainment, a production company that includes such spectacles as Disney on Ice and Monster Jam, where giant trucks perform noisy stunts. I will probably attend to see if the retooled circus can live up to my fond memories, and I will probably leave if the circus parade includes monster trucks. But you know, you can always hide yourself in a circus parade, Paul, if you need to. Oh, that's right. They're forming twenty-four hours a day. I yes,、hear. yes. Okay, here's the answers to our name the Mavericks challenge. James Garner was Brett Maverick, and Jack Kelly was his brother Bart. Another brother, Brent Maverick, who didn't show up until late in the fourth season, was played by Robert Colbert. Their British cousin, Beauregard Maverick, was played by Roger Moore, who showed up as a regular in the fourth season when James Garner had a little bit of a salary dispute.、Hmm. As you well know, Moore eventually became the second James Bond, and as an ironic twist. The part of Beauregard Maverick had originally been offered to Sean Connery.
Alan Roth is just a simple farm boy from Nebraska who happened to spend over 40 years in Hollywood hosting actors both famous and infamous. Alan's recording studio was a popular place for producers and directors to book for commercials, movie promos, and assorted special features. Alan has now retired to a ranch, a California ranch, of course, but he still vividly remembers the folks he met. I'd like to start with a question, Alan. How come a nice Midwest boy from Nebraska ended up in California? Well, you know, it's it's hot in Nebraska and it's cold in Nebraska. Uh, one needs snow tires in Nebraska. Uh, getting the idea. New York was an opportunity. Los Angeles was an opportunity back in the 60s. And I uh, opted for California. Any regrets? And, None, none whatsoever. No, none whatsoever. I've had not had to buy a set of snow tires since, um, well, I would imagine about uh, 1965. <laughs> <laughs> and what uh, made you decide, Alan, to go into the production side of the radio industry? How did that come about? Well, it came about uh, earlier on. Um, I, I hit several stations in the early years in Nebraska and then in Denver and Kansas City and then L.A., yeah, production was always something that I really enjoyed. I, I enjoyed voicing the commercials. I enjoyed putting them together. From an early early start in the radio biz, uh, along with that, I was doing a DJ show as well. So in most uh, instances, I was uh, a production director and on-air talent. And I got lucky uh, one time I put together a, a public service announcement, uh, and I sent it off to the um, Clio awards i'd never heard of them before but i was in kansas city at the time well by golly it uh, it won a prize wow it was the first one ever uh, presented to a radio station entrant for public service so i got the very first uh cleo award for that particular category that's impressive <laughs> and i was looking to come to california at that time and um a highly respected production company here in California, Hollywood, was looking for a production guy, and I applied, and he hired me to do production at KISS Radio, and uh, and then went to uh, another studio, Buzzies, I was manager there and senior engineer, and then in 84, I uh, moved uh, over and leased space at uh, Dick Workin's Radio Ranch, and uh, built out studio there, and, and yeah, over a period of years, I had two locations, uh, both in Hollywood, and uh, built out the second location and retired out of there where I sold it in uh, uh, 2008. Now, Alan, uh, isn't it true that uh, when you first started in the business in the 60s, uh, people were uh, recording on stone with chisels and, and things like that? Well, the scratching effect was really, really bad because, mm. uh, you know, you just couldn't get rid of that scratchiness, that, yeah. that chipping sound, you know. That's what it sounds oh. like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, when I was doing my my voice work as an actor, it, it was tape. And you would sit and marvel at why an engineer would slice, toss the tape on the floor, uh, put it all together, and then, of course, go back and rummage through the floor when they needed something. <laughs> I know we've done that. But yeah, we've done that. Yeah. It's a different technology. No. Did you have any problems adjusting? Uh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, because in the initial stages, digital realm, I guess, uh, it didn't sound that good. 
um, digital recording had to grow up, and and it did, and that's when it really took off. It was just a, a marvelous uh, transition, but it was difficult for me to make that switch because I didn't like the sound of it. Oh yeah, you know, back in the tape days, you would all have you would have the talent in the same facility as your engineer. Uh, whereas these days, your talent could be uh, coming in from New York, uh, you know, who knows where they may be originating from, and you put them all together as the engineer. And you want to talk about that change? It was a, a way of um, communicating real-time audio between one location and another, if that's where, where we're going with this. And, and yes, all over the world, as long as the, at that time... Uh, the, the company on the other end had a compatible codec. Um, you could actually hook up over uh, ISDN lines at a real time, and uh, we could record in Hollywood, or they could record in Frankfurt, Germany, or Madrid, or wherever. Uh, we could do video lock. It's a change that's wonderful for producers because they can choose from talent all over the world. Now, for talent... It means uh, you're competing with everybody mm -hmm. in the world. That's, that's, that's true. When we say talent, for the benefit of our listeners, the talent in our industry means voice talent or acting talent. We call them the talent. Um, and uh, that sort of brings me to a subject I'd really like to hear more about, and that is the wonderful talent that you have worked with in Hollywood, the great comedians of the past and present. Uh, some of the people whose names are familiar to just about everybody. Probably the most interesting um, recording I did was with uh, Mae West. Ha! No kidding. Yeah, Mae West. Uh, and uh, this was the first radio commercial she had ever done for Poland Spring Water, of all things. <laughs> and it had, and you can still find that commercial uh, floating around the internet. But anyway, she was in the studio, and uh, this was she was quite elderly, uh, probably a couple of years before she passed on. And uh, but she was there with her platinum hair and the white outfit, and we sat her down, and and the producer was there, and and, and went over the script, and and then the producer said, "No, Miss West." Uh, we have an opening line here that we're kind of concerned about and would like your opinion. We have it written for a man to say, and now for Poland Springwater, here's Mae West. Would you rather introduce yourself? Hi, this is Mae West for Poland Springwater. And she said, oh, no, I would much rather have a man. <laughs> <laughs> everybody up. That was kind of interesting. Uh, for Hollywood Park Racetrack, uh, worked with Cary Grant, uh, uh, Talisa Vallis, uh, uh, John Forsyth. Gosh, uh, you know, the list goes on and on. Uh, Buddy Hackett, uh, Dick Van Dyke. What, uh, one name which uh, most recently we uh, have, have heard is Vin Scully. Um, a lot of folks around the country wouldn't know him, but uh, Vin was the um, announcer for the L.A. Dodgers um, baseball team for like 53 or 54 years. Mm -hmm. And I worked with him for a number of years uh, as he was spokesman for Farmer John Meat Products, uh, the makers of the famous Dodger Dog. And he was always a joy to, to work with. 
Yeah, I kind of a cute story with uh, James Garner. Uh, I was working with him on, on one of these commercials, and uh, his uh, agent came in. He said, hey, Jim, um, I need to talk to you. Yeah, and uh, this non-smoking company would like to hire you to be their spokesman, but what you'd have to do is quit smoking. <laughs> he cracked him up, and he says, well, he said, they'd have to pay me a million dollars before I do that. Well, that's what they've offered you. <laughs> and he did it. No kidding. And he did it for a million bucks. Oh, I, I'll give you another one. Uh, a friend of mine, too, and that was Tom Poston. I remember that every time he came into the studio, he had a joke. Oh, golly. And it yeah. was usually something you couldn't record. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Gary Owens. Kind of an interesting story there, too. Gary uh, was, of course, the announcer on Laugh-In for all those years and was such a fine, fine individual. And... Uh, uh, I had done a, a session with him. I have no idea what it was, but but he was in the lobby, uh, sitting on the couch, and and I was trying to have a conversation with him, and he was just not quite right. It just it just, it just seemed strange, and I'd ask him a question, and then he would just kind of drop off, and so uh, my secretary went across to the radio ranch uh, facility, and and said, Gary's not doing well. What do we do? And said, oh, he's diabetic. Get him something sweet. So uh, they were able to find uh, some orange juice and brought it over and got it at just about the right time because he was he was about to pass out. Wow. And uh, he came back real, real quickly and uh, off he went. But uh, it was kind of a scary time. Now, you're talking about the ones that were great to work with. Is there anybody who was a little difficult? <laughs> we had one one celebrity who uh, came with his uh, management team, and, and one of their big requests was that he had to have a breakfast sandwich at a certain time of the morning. And uh, had specified this, 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 and this. Okay, we sent the group out to get him something to eat exactly as he wanted and came back in and here's your your your, your sandwich and he said i'm not hungry now <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well tell us about your ranch how did it come about that you have a ranch well it's not my ranch i would love love it to be my ranch but uh i'll try to make a brief uh, so now it's it's basically just maintaining the old buildings um creating fire breaks. It's in a, a terrible fire zone. And that's where I'm going to go today. I'm going to do some mowing with my tractor. So anyway, it gives me an, an opportunity uh, to get away from the city and do something that's fun for me because I'm an old farm boy, ranch boy from Nebraska. Well, Alan, you have had a great life in the business, and uh, it sounds like you're enjoying yourself now. Uh, can you tell us if you have any uh, ambitions for the future? Do you see yourself doing something uh, special? Do you have some goals in mind for the next few years? Well, um, certainly <laughs> staying healthy is a, is a good goal. And, and I, I work out three days a week at the gym and one day a week I have a trainer. And, and um, I'm, I'm involved with uh, several organizations on a volunteer basis, uh, which gives uh, both me and my wife uh, a lot of pleasure 
it would be hard for me to to do that kind of mixing. I could record voiceovers, I suppose, but no, no I'm happy just being happy. Ladies and gentlemen, Mae West. What's all the noise? I've been hearing about Poland Spring. I've been drinking Poland Spring water for about uh, mm, 20 years. Started when I was four. I used to have it delivered to my boudoir by a very handsome young fella. Now he delivers Poland Spring all over the place. Well, I got rid of the fella, but I still keep plenty of Poland Spring around. After all, it comes naturally. Like what you've been hearing? How about sharing the joy with your friends? We can always use more listeners. There are more episodes on the way, so stay tuned and keep howling at the moon.